This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's episode, the topic of today's episode, I should say, is the Demon Brothers, beware of the leaven of the Demon Brothers. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. So for you who are uninitiated to set of a contism, and for those of you who do don't know what sedevacantism is. Sedevacantism is um, pre-Vatican II Council Catholicism. We do not recognize, do not recognize the Second Vatican Council as legitimate. We call it heretical because it is. Said that. If you go on YouTube for your video uh, watching. There is a YouTube channel called Most Holy Family Monastery. And I believe that the alias aliases that the two brothers go by are Brother Robert, Brother Robert and... Um, I can't remember the second one, the, the second alias, but they claim to be monks. They claim to be Benedictine monks. For those of you who don't know, uh, Benedictine monks follow the rule of Saint Benedict, and monks take a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience. But, um, like, like a lot of grifters and wolves in sheep's clothing to the uninitiated, and by the way, truth time here, when I first started trying to practice sedipacontism, I fell for the trap because these guys, if if you're not familiar with Sedvacantism, they sound like on-fire Sedvacantists. But like most heretics, and they are heretics, um, they give themselves away. And by the way, it's just not heretics. Um, you know, uh, Masons, undercover Masons give themselves away too. You just, with enough experience and enough uh, spiritual, um, spiritual insight, you'll you'll be able to recognize somebody if they are a uh, bad faith actor. So, but they pose this real hardcore set of contests, and and they're eclectic. 
I'm sorry, once again, 10 cent words. Eclectic just means they go after a wide variety of targets. They'll go after the Vatican II sect. They'll go after neo-traditionalists. They'll go after Protestants. They'll go after worldlings. You know, whoever happens to catch their eye at that particular time. Now, not that I think this is going to happen, but should any set of contests happen to stumble upon this episode and say, well, that sounds like a good thing. It would be a good thing, except that they're preaching heresy. They preach um, that baptism of desire and baptism of blood um, are not Catholic dogma. They, they teach that it is actually a heresy. Um, in my own set of a contest organization, uh, I believe my bishop, uh, Bishop Primaveris, um, he, he did a, a little uh, booklet on why baptism of blood and baptism of desire are legitimate Catholic dogmas. But that's not the only thing that they're guilty of. And um, so to my uninitiated f- listeners out there, um, baptism of blood is when you get martyred for the faith before you have a chance to be baptized and confirmed. So a lot, not all, but a lot of the early Catholics during the Roman persecutions were victims, literal martyrs of baptism of blood because they hadn't quite been confirmed and a lot of them got killed before they could be. Now, according to the Demon brothers... I'm going to stick with demon. Fits. Uh, according to the demon brothers, these guys, they're burning in hell right now. They're not even in purgatory. They're in hell because they died as um, non-believers. Never mind the fact that they martyred themselves for the faith. They're still non-believers. Now... I want the people out there who can critically think to think about this. Why would a non-believer sacrifice himself for a God that he didn't really believe in or a, um, a church whose set of uh, teachings he, didn't be- he or she didn't believe in? And think about that now. I know I, for, for some people, it's, it's a tough concept. I, I'm sure for those, though, who know how to think, it probably be agreeing with me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because it doesn't. Now, baptism of desire is, instead of getting martyred for the faith, um, you're, you're a catechumen and you get murdered. You get murdered in a robbery. 
Ah, uh, you die of a heart attack. You drowned. You slip and break your neck. Um, I think I covered pretty much what I would need to cover on that. So you die before you can become um, before you can become confirmed and baptized. It's just so basically what it boils down to baptism of blood is martyrdom before before you're baptized and confirmed and baptism of desire is you die before you know, not of martyrdom, but of other causes before you are confirmed and baptized. Another, another little sweetheart of a teaching that these heretics like to teach is that the Blessed Virgin Mary is not co-redemptrix with her son. And I stated this on my original podcast, St. Longinus's Baptism, that um, when they did their video, the timestamp on it was around 2012 or 2013. Um, the heretic-in-chief, heretic Mr. Bergoglio, uh, I want to say said something around 2017, 2018 to the same effect that the Blessed Virgin Mary is not co-redemptress with her son. And of course, a bunch of uh, neo-trads uh, got their panties in a wad, even though they recognize uh, Mr. Bergoglio as their pope. Because it obviously contradicts church teaching. The pre-Vatican II church, council church, has always taught that Mary is um, that, that she and her son both help save human beings. Now, I don't want any of my autistic friends out there to get this twisted. We are not saying that Mary is a goddess. We are not saying that Mary is equal to Jesus, the Heavenly Father, and the Holy Ghost. What we are saying is she has a special relationship with all three that not even the greatest saint or angel has. And it could be no other way. Now, for my autistic friends who have a little trouble with critical thinking, I want to explain something to you. God the Father, before all time, made her for the express purpose of carrying his son into the earth. That is why when the angel Gabriel comes to her in the midst of her prayers and he says, Hail, full of grace. Angels don't say that to normal human beings, okay? They just don't. And if you try to argue otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm not listening. <laughs> she had been given a special grace by God. She... She was born without original sin. 
She was as perfect as a human being as you could get. As a matter of fact, if you bother to read your catechismal material, she, when she was born, she was the same as Adam and Eve before they lost, before they became victims to original sin and lost their grace with God. Okay? Once again, I'm not teaching this crap off the top of my head. If you bothered to read, you'd know this. You know, if you bothered to read something other, outside of your favorite blog. Um, Adam, she was in the same state as Adam and Eve were. They lost that relationship when they disobeyed God and ate from the tree of knowledge. Or tree of good and evil. So, um, so God the Father made her expressly for carrying his son. And I'm, I'm not going to get into whole theology, uh, Marian theology. I've already done that in my original podcast, St. Longinus' Baptism. If you can be bothered, it's on there. I suggest if you're interested, go and check it out. It's pretty simple, and for me, it's pretty concise. Anyhow, so, oh, obviously she was Jesus' mother, and the Holy Ghost who put Jesus in her womb was her spouse. Uh, read the Catholic prayers. The Holy Ghost is referred to as Mary's spouse. So she had a she had a relationship with all three. And the reason that she is termed co-redemptrix is for the very fact that when she told the angel Gabriel, I'm not sure if this was the gospel according to St. Luke or the gospel according to St. Matthew, when Gabriel told her, he said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will give birth to the Most High. She said, let it be done to me according to your will. Meaning that she consented to give birth to Jesus Christ. Like I said, I don't want to get into the whole theo Marian theology. She had consecrated her virginity to the temple. The, temp the, the, the Jewish temple, prior to its destruction, had consecrated virgins just like the Catholic Church does. She had consecrated her virginity. And that's why she asked, how can this be? Because I've, I've never been with a man. And it's a little subtle in the Bible. Basically what she was telling Gabriel is, hey, I've consecrated my virginity. I don't want to lose it. And Gabriel told her, you know... Um, and once again, it's subtle. Um, he was assuring her, you know, have faith in God. He'll take care of it that you can keep your virginity. 
And that was part of being Jesus' mother anyhow. She had to be as pure as God had made her before Jesus was put into her womb. Anyhow, enough autism here. So, the reason why the Catholic Church has the... um, I think I said this in my Marian... um, Marian Theology podcast on my original channel. I'm not sure if the co-redemptrix is dogma or just a teaching that just has not been um, ratified yet by a council or a pope. Um... But since Vatican II is filled with Masonic heretics, we have no magisterium. And we may never have a magisterium again in our lifetimes. So, um, but nobody, and I mean absolutely no pope, outside of the imposter Bergoglio has ever claimed that Mother Mary was not the co-redemptrix of the world. Okay? Not even the imposter Ratzinger, not even the imposter Watia, not even the imposter Montini, not even the imposter Roncalli. None of those guys had the brass monkeys to say it. Except for Francis, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Bergoglio. But Mr. Bergoglio, um, you know, a lot of the Masonic forces are under a lot of hubris right now. Because they realize that they've got 95% of humanity in a trick bag. And they can pretty much say and do and act however they want to. And they're going to get away with it. And yes, you heard me correctly, 95%. Because he literally, and I'm talking about the heretic, Mr. Bergoglio, brought a pagan idol into the Vatican and worshipped it. And we still have Vatican II guys who think that he's a legitimate pope. Go figure. Anyhow. Now, there's a reason I did the timeline. The the demons claim that they are set of contests. Now... Never mind the fact, never mind the fact, when they said Mary was not co-redemptrix of the world, they were were being heretics from the get-go, but to, to compound, to compound their, their heresy, when, when Bergoglio put it all out there at, Like I said, we live in the age of social media and in 24-7 media. As soon as he said um, the Blessed Virgin Mary was not co-redemptrix of the world, he might as well have been in your living room when he said that. You know, only the people who weren't interested missed this. 
But um, when this happened, and like I said, they said they 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 gave uh, they had the debate in 2012. Bergoglio said this in 2017, 2018. So we're talking five or six years later. They did not denounce Mr. Bergoglio as a heretic. They did not readjust their heretical um, teaching. Now, I'm not saying that Sedvacantis cannot honestly be wrong in their belief systems. They can't. But, you know, um, if they are shown the truth, or in this case, an actual heretic backs up their heretical belief, the first thing, and these guys are public figures just like I am, they should have done was retracted the heretical statement and say, oh, yeah, we, we don't agree with... Uh, our heretic Bergoglio on this particular issue. We were in error and we take it all back. They didn't do it. Trust me, I've gone through a lot of their material before um, I decided that, yeah, um, I'm to have nothing to do with heretics or anything that they're all about. So, um, I, I, I consumed a lot of their content. Now, those are their three main heresies. Now, for their spiritual faults, and for you younger types out there, it's not right to judge. Rash judgment is when you're making a judgment without, when you do not know the facts at hand, when you do not know the facts at hand. However, when somebody like the Demon Brothers, who've been online since the 2000s and have put out countless videos, put it publicly, and believe me, guys, YouTube is as public as you're going to get then they're fair game. They very definitely lack charity. They basically gloated when Rush Limbaugh died. Now, like him, love him, loathe him, whatever, indifferent, Rush Limbaugh is a human being. He's a human being, and according to Jesus, we're all brothers in him. So, publicly gloating when a secular person dies, a high-profile secular person dies, is obviously not charitable, and it also... In my opinion, it shows a lack of good taste. Even when I was a uh, was a um, hedonistic heathen, 
I, I never, I, ne- I never uh, gloated when, when somebody I disagreed with died. Now, I wouldn't say, you know, I, I wouldn't be charitable and say, well, you know, I, I hope for the sake of their souls that they're okay or whatever. I would just leave it, you know. I got nothing to say. They died. I don't agree with them. That's it. And, oh, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. Another thing that led me, that was a warning sign that they were really, really heretical, was that they would go after other set of accountists organizations. They went after my organization, which is the CMRI, they went after Bishop Dolan in uh, Cincinnati, and they went after Bishop Sanborn in Brooksville, Florida, and called them heretics. Um, so, um, apparently they forgot the dogma that you got to be a member of the magisterium to like call out uh, prelates and clergy for being heretics. But when Bishop Dolan died recently, those two made an incredible video. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying for piety and holiness, so I'm trying to church up the language. For those of you who don't know what excredible is, it's something that comes out of your backside after uh, a, a particularly uh, bad meal. Kind of diarrhea if you get my drift. But they denounced Bishop Dolan. And by the way, ever since I've, I've uh, been studying Sedvacantism, um, I've, been consum- I've consumed a lot of Bishop Dolan's, Bishop Sanborn's, and Father Chikata's videos, amongst others. And I, I thought that uh, Father Chikata and Bishop Dolan both had beautiful souls. You take that for its what it's worth. But um, so they lack charity. Um, they're very puffed up, very uh. What's the word I'm looking for here? Um. They they have a lot of hubris. Hubris is just a ten cent word meaning they have a lot of pride in themselves and they have excessive self-confidence in themselves um but um to anybody who's even remotely got a spiritual life will recognize that these guys are absolutely um their, their spiritual state is wrong. Their spiritual state is absolutely bad. Now see, 
if these two guys were just some, you know, nobodies on the internet with no following, then, I mean, I, I, I'd still say they're heretics and I'd still warn you against them. But in addition to everything I've just listed, they have a cult of personality going. And when I say a cult of personality, I mean a literal cult of personality. There's a bunch from, from my interactions with the followers of the Demon Brothers. Their followers, at least it appears, because it's the internet, so I have no way of saying for sure, but it appears that these are a lot of younger types who are not very well educated in the Catholic faith, and they're also not very well educated in the spiritual life. Um, and the Demon Brothers, at least as, as far as appearances seem, seem to be some sort of surrogate priests to them. Now, when I say the word priest, I'm not saying that they're literally priests. But the way these guys act, you would think that they are literal priests. But they, the, 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 the average follower of the Dimon brothers tend to be um, young, impressionable, ill-educated, and naive. Very, very ill-educated and uh, ignorant. Now, I'm sure my regulars, if I do have any regulars, I don't know, are going to be asking me, or not asking me, because I've yet to get anything in my listener mailbag, but hey, whatever. Um, they're probably wondering to themselves, why is he covering this? And I covered this in his original podcast. Why is he doing this? It's very simple. Because I never get tired of telling people, sometimes... Because the social media being what it is, I may have to go back and recover topics that I've already covered. And honestly speaking, this is just an observation on my, point, on my part. I've noticed that some of the topics that I've recovered on my new channel... I think I've actually done a better job this time around than I did at the beginning, which would make sense because St. Longinus's baptism was my first uh, channel, and I'd never podcast before, so there was a lot of teething pains. Um, and honestly, one of my friends uh, likes to tease me about my verbal tics, like you know, and basically, and you get the picture. Anybody who's listened to my original podcast will get the picture. Um, whenever, whenever I go back and review my old material, um, Well, 
honestly speaking, when my friend told me, he says, you got verbal tics. And as soon as he said, I said, yeah, you're right. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, I said, I'm you know, praying to Mother Mary and Lord Jesus to help me out there because... You know, and I and I understand. I understand to you know that may annoy some people. Um, but as they say, it is what it is. So, if you are a Vatican II sect member, if you are a Protestant, or if you're atheist and agnostic but want to find the true religion I'm the Lord is working through me to help you out because I had to go listen to a lot of content and at the time, when I heard some of the content, like the Demon Brothers, I thought, oh, yeah, this is legit. And then it wasn't, you know, till five or six months later that I realized, oh, brother, these guys are problematic. So um, I, I hope that this helps you out. I hope if you are interested in set of a contism that you will take my advice my advice and avoid the demons with everything that is within your power to do so. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and your patience. And um, I really appreciate the fact, or I'm sorry, I hope and I pray that you get something out of this. I, I think I've been forgetting in my last few episodes. I, on every episode, and it doesn't matter if it's my original, original channel or this one, I hope and pray that anybody who listens to this material gets something out of it. So, oh, thank you, Mother Mary, Lord Jesus. Um, I do care about everybody, not just my audience, my fellow human beings. And I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. Um, to anybody who's listened to some of my earlier material, it may seem like, you know, I'm being a hypocrite. Trust me, I'm not. If I, if, if, if I take on an edge on occasion, I, I want to stress this. Your soul is more valuable than all the, the precious metal and diamonds and jewels in the world. And you don't want to end up with your final destination being hell for eternity. So when I take an edge, it is not an edge of hatred. It is not an edge of... Um, you know, being, being, uh, uh, I'm probably using the wrong word, condemnatory. I'm not condemning anyone. 
I, I say throughout this, my, my entire, you know, uh, podcast channels, I'm, 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 I'm uh, public example number one of a person who needed God's grace and his blessed mother's grace to even get to this point. But the reason I get sharp is, is because ultimately each individual is responsible for their, for their, uh, their end goal, uh, or I'm sorry, not end goal. And, uh, Ending destination, be it heaven or hell. And I take this very seriously because, like I said, your soul is the most valuable thing that you have. Whether you realize it or not, doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care what the four horsemen said. I don't care what your college bio, uh, biology teacher said. I don't care what the 500 IQ takers of the um, atheistic evangelicals say. Your soul, is, it does exist. Just like God and Satan, it's not an abstraction. And where you go matters. Anyway, I pray for everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. So... Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.